Welcome back to my podcast, Square One. If you're new, my name is Mofa Akiomi, and basically every episode I talk about a different topic, mostly relating to social justice, and my goal is just to spread awareness in general. So this episode, I'll be talking about implicit bias. So first question, what is implicit bias? Referring to the Kirwan Institute from Ohio State, implicit bias, also referred to as implicit social cognition, refers to the attitudes or stereotypes that affect our understanding, actions, and decisions in an unconscious manner. We all have them, whether we consciously realize it or not. We usually favor people that are similar to us. But sometimes that is not the case. For example, if you've been told that people who are like you are not deserving of respect or not the most polished, etc., then you may hold an internal bias against them. To some extent, implicit bias isn't problematic. For example, preferring cool tones over warm tones or popsicles over ice cream. But the way it becomes a problem is when it crosses that line and it comes to social constructs like race, gender, class, etc. And it starts to interfere with how you treat other people. This is where things like microaggressions come in. And not just that, but also internal and external homophobia, racism, sexism, etc. So I'm there's many types of implicit bias, and I'm just going to explain a few of them specifically. So there's affinity bias. This is when you respond better to people because something about them is familiar to you, regardless of whether you know them or not. It's like if you become friends with someone because they remind you of their cousin, that type of feel. There's confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is usually choosing information or, like, I guess, truths that confirm beliefs or biases you hold. For example, let's say you believe that Obama wasn't born in America. Then, in an argument, you limit yourself to only using information and quoting people that confirms that he was not born in America instead of looking at it from an all-around view, you know, having some perspective. It kind of keeps you close-minded. Next, there's the halo effect. You may have heard about this before, but I'm going to explain it anyways. So, this happens when you like something about someone so then you automatically assume that everything else about them must be cool too. Like when you have a crush on someone and you low-key worship them because they seem perfect in your eyes, you are more likely to ignore bad or problematic things about them because you can only see the good. There is perception bias. This is one of the more well-known ones. It's stereotyping people based on a group they belong to. For example, when people are like, oh, black people are ghetto, or, you know... Mexican people mow lawns, that type of thing. Like when you hear when you hear something that's so obviously ignorant and you're like, what's wrong with you? It's usually perception bias. There's also bandwagon bias, and this is when you believe something because others believe in it. It's sort of like a peer pressure idea. For example, like if you're all your friends dislike Sally, then you're probably gonna like dislike Sally too because your friends dislike her. And you think, oh, if my friends dislike her, then I probably won't like her too because, you know, we're all, like, together. It's, like, even if you don't know why you dislike Sally, you just don't like her. Like, ew, like, Sally, like, ew. 
scientists say that there are more than 150 different types of bias. And that's crazy. More than 100 different ways that your brain can like change the way you think about someone or something. I don't know. I don't know about you, but that's insane to me. <laughs> so, implicit bias can come from patterns that we see in the world. Whether it's something that's happened to you multiple times or content you're constantly seeing in the media, it can have an effect on the way you see things subliminally. A really good example of implicit bias is all the situations between police and black men. Little disclaimer before my explanation, implicit bias is never, never, never an excuse for discrimination. It's just an explanation for it. Anyways, we often paint these stories like the police are trained and their deputy goes and he's like, okay, when you see a black man, like arrest him. And if he says anything, if he touches his pocket, if he like starts wiggling his fingers, like shoot him. Like, that's the way that we think about it. Like, he's a criminal. Or, not we, but the police. Or, the fake police. But really, I think a big part of it is implicit bias. I think there's a part of their brain, there is a part of their brain that's consciously going, yes, I'm going to shoot him. But I think there's an unconscious part of their brain going, I'm going to shoot him because he is a black man. And we kind of need to see the difference about that because I feel like if it's unconscious then there is more hope for it to be fixed. Though some would say there's less hope because they're not even realizing what they're doing. But I think that if we start recognizing that we are making this decision, that it's not just happening, but we are making this decision to like do something based on something that we see from the outside, then we can start changing it by trying to consciously make the decision not to do the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> Another example is in the workplace, especially concerning things like the glass ceiling, the gender wage gap, the maternal wall, etc. Often women have to work twice or three times as hard to get to the same place as their male colleagues. And they are often still disrespected even if they are more qualified than others. Like, come on. She put in the work and she's still not getting respect. For example, I read this article about how there are these women and men at a workplace, right? So they were all holding the same position, like they had the same amount of power. But the women had doctorates and master's degrees, while most of the men only held bachelors. And when I say the women, I mean every single woman there had a master's or doctorate, and the men only had bachelors. Like, let that just sink in for a moment. God, it's, it's crazy. But hopefully, I see how this world is changing, and it gives me hope. So hopefully, you know, when I grow up and I start working, you know, working to change the world, it'll be better. And if it's not, I'm going to keep fighting until it is. There are many studies on implicit bias, but one of the most well-known ones is Project Implicit by Harvard, where you take a test and there's quite literally no way to cheat it. Don't worry, I tried. Not as in, like, I'm a cheater. I am not a cheater, like, um... Yeah, honor code is a thing that I have my school basically don't cheat. Yeah, so honor code. I'm not a cheater, but I like tried to see if there's any way I could be like manipulating myself so like, oh, I'm the perfect person. No bias. Like I'm the best person in the world, but no, there's literally no way to cheat it. So, 
yeah. <laughs> Anyways, after that, taking that test, it determines whether you are slightly, moderately, or strongly biased towards one side over another. If you guys want to take it for yourself, um, go to implicit.harvard.edu. Again, implicit.harvard.edu. So I took it myself. I took the skin tone one and the sexuality one. So for the skin tone one, I found that I have a moderate bias towards light skin, which is just crazy to me, like insane. I don't know if you guys noticed about me, but I'm pretty dark skinned. I mean, coming from a Nigerian family and all my family, it's pretty dark skinned. So I've grown up around people with dark skin in the house, but outside the house, I grew up in predominantly white schools and white communities. So, I wasn't super surprised because I know that in middle school, I went through, like, a good deal of bullying about, like, my dark skin. And, like, I was constantly made fun of for it. But it scares me because to think that I love these people so much that are close to me that have dark skin and I could still have a bias against them or towards people that aren't like them. I don't know. It's, it's just crazy to me. Anyways, I also took the sexuality one, and I showed a slight bias for heterosexuality. That didn't really surprise me either, because that's what I most closely with. And I don't think it's problematic to have the slight bias, just because it's kind of like, oh, like, I prefer it a little bit over the other one, just because, like, that's, again, that's what I'm most close to. So I think that's affinity bias. And I definitely prefer it to be all even. But at the moment, I'm not like super duper stressed. However, that is something I'd like to change about myself because I don't like the idea of having a lot of bias. And I don't know, there's always that like little part inside of me that's like, what if I'm prejudiced? Like, what if I'm treating people wrong? I don't know, it's scary. So I had all my friends take it as well. And some of them had really interesting results in contrast to society's regular, I guess, opinions. So one of my friends took the gender roles one, and interestingly, she found that she had a moderate bias towards seeing men in the home and women in the workplace. She said it likely comes from her growing up without a father at home and with a working mom. And that's really interesting because it shows how life experience can truly form your bias. Another one of my friends took the sexuality one and she found that she had a moderate bias towards homosexuality and she herself is gay. So she thought it stemmed from her coming to terms with her own identity and the way her perception of the world shifted. These are just a few of many stories, but we can see that bias affects everyone. Implicit bias isn't always problematic, like choosing a book because the cover has your favorite color, or liking popsicles over ice cream because for some reason you realize you don't like dairy. But the place where it becomes an issue again is when it interferes with how you treat people. For example, black women in hospitals. Studies have shown that doctors are less likely to take the complaints of a black woman seriously. And that's often the reason why some black women die in childbirth because their medical needs aren't attended to. That genuinely worries me, that as a black woman, I could die while having a baby, even though they have the technology to save me. I don't know. <laughs> it's just terrifying. 
anyways that's for another day like another episode totally i'm gonna expand on that i mean other things are microaggressions where the person performing them sometimes won't even realize they're doing it which is the epitome of an unconscious like sometimes when i meet people for the first time they try to dap me up and i'm like no like leave me alone like we're not friends like that i literally just met you like stop it like stop and it's just awkward because i know why they're doing it because i'm black and i'm so clearly black and they're like oh my god like Yes, like, I'm one of the homies, I'm one of the bros, like, that's my, that's my, um, I'm not gonna say the word, but, like, you know what the context is. <laughs> Anyways, like, that's my, that's my dude. <laughs> Sorry. Um, um, yeah, and it's just, like, an awkward thing to do. I don't know. Imagine, it's the equivalent of someone running up to you, like, a stranger running up to you and giving you, like, this huge hug, and it's kind of like, who are you? Like, that type of vibe. Anyways, that's one of the less toxic ones. But another example is when people see a group of people of color and get scared or give that look. They're like, like, ew, like, you don't belong here. Or even when someone walks past a black man and starts clutching their bag to their side. And I don't know. That's just so weird. That's, I mean, those are microaggressions. Yeah, that's that's basically it. I don't want to talk about it because it makes me so upset when people get scared of me when I'm walking by. Like, usually I'll try and smile at people, but I hate the fact that I have to smile at people for them to think that it's safe to be around me. Like, that's a huge problem. But there's a big part of me that definitely smiles because I don't want people to dislike me on first sight. Like, I don't want people to be scared of me. And also, people being scared of me can get me into bad situations, so I don't want to be in those situations. And even though the smiling is not completely out of fear, there's, like, still a small part of me that's like, okay, like, smile now, like, so that they don't hate you. Anyways, that's the tea. (laughs) Sorry, I got kind of off topic. So this brings me back to my next point. What can we do about implicit bias? It's kind of hard to change. In part because a lot of us, or a big part of us, doesn't realize that it's there. But if we start making this conscious effort to catch ourselves doing it, and then it becomes easier. Like, let's say I had an implicit bias against people with, like, long noses. So let's say I met, I don't know, Sarah. And Sarah has a long nose. And I start, and I, like... We're having a conversation, and Sarah says something, like, I don't agree with, and I start being a little snippy with Sarah, and then I realize, oh my god, it's because of her nose. So then, I start talking to Sarah civilly, and I'm like, I'm not gonna talk to her wrong about her nose, because, you know, I let myself see who Sarah really is, and Sarah turns out to be, like, this awesome person, and I'm like, wow, like, I could have missed out on Sarah because she had a big nose, because I thought that people with big noses aren't, like, the people I like to talk to. that's like such a weird example but yeah that's kind of the way you do it another thing there is is um implicit bias training and that's more for a school and workplace situations and basically these people teach their clients to understand how implicit bias works and to recognize the implicit bias of their own so then they know how to fight and change their bias when making decisions so to end this episode I'd like to use this anonymous quote. The eyes are useless when the mind is blind. 
I personally interpret that as don't judge a book by its cover and stop letting ignorance determine how you think. So that's a wrap. I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. Have an amazing day, a fantastic week. I hope you are thriving and I'll see you next time. Bye.